Hey, hey guys, it's Lauren, and we are back for episode two. I'm really excited today. Uh, we are going to be interviewing and chatting with one of our good friends, Jen Griever. And so uh, I am here stuck in Nashville, but Bud and Jen are in Chattanooga. So we decided to Skype and record our conversation. So if the audio is a little funky today, just stick with us, okay? So today's a fun one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our most embarrassing trail moments. And guys, I've got quite a story for you. You can laugh at me, uh, laugh with me, right? Um, as I embarrass myself with a, a pretty uh, funny story. And uh, we're also going to talk about DNFs, okay? Kind of a bad word in the running community, but we're going to talk about DNFs. And if you don't know what that means, it means did not finish, okay? Um, so for whatever reason, sometimes we just don't finish races, okay? And so we'll chat about that and uh, our feelings on DNFs. And then we're going to talk about triathlons, okay? Now, I myself am not, uh, well, I don't consider myself to be a triathlete. I've done some uh, small triathlons. But Bud and Jen, however, uh, are accomplished triathletes with a history of, of training and competing in triathlons. So I'm going to pick their brains today and kind of uh, talk to them about how would one get started with triathlons? What are they like? And how does it relate to the world of trail and ultra running? Does training for a triathlon help or hinder um, their time on the trail? Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Please enjoy the next hour. Uh, you know, and one thing, as you're listening to our most embarrassing trail moments, come up with your own. Uh, and I think next podcast, we're going to have people call in and share their most embarrassing trail moments, okay? I love those kinds of stories, so be thinking on that, okay? All right, guys, here we go. Who do you have, bud? This is Jennifer Griever. She's my triathlon partner. That's Hello. Okay, so we brought Jen up last time. She's our third member of the trio here. Uh, so we pulled Jen in today because we love Jen and we want to talk to her. And also, she is the uh, triathlon expert, along with Bud, and <laughs> I am not a triathlon expert whatsoever. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but I have some questions. I am the prepared one today. Um, so to yeah, we all have our beverages. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. So I, ha I have some questions for us to break the ice because nobody knows Jen yet, but they will after today. Um, I'll start with you, bud. Hi, Jen. Okay. Bud, what podcasts or books are you currently like into right now that are super interesting? So what I like is Wine and Crime. Oh, yes. You told me that about that last yeah. weekend. That's my favorite. Um, they do about a hour and 10 minutes and they talk about the subject for about 10 minutes. Other than that, it's mostly just uh, three ladies getting drunk and telling stories. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like what I do on a normal basis on the weekends. Um, when I okay. hang with you guys, that's what happens. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. Any books? Anything else? What are you listening to? Anything? Mm. 
Well, I like Deftones. That's music. Okay, so when you're running, do you usually listen to music? Like, if you're on your own, you're going to be listening to music? You know what? When I'm by myself, I do. I know it's a tremendous faux pas, but I do listen to music when I'm by myself. Yeah. And uh, when I'm with other people, I do not, because okay. it's rude. Well, yeah, because you, you're there to talk. Okay, Jen, on to you. Tell us what, are you listening to anything good, reading anything good? I know you're a reader, so what you got for us? Um, I am a reader. I can't do podcasts because I'm like she's 99 point. She's on one. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that I don't like them, but I'm like 99.9999% visual. And so just listening to something I it is really hard for me. Like, I don't even like to talk on the phone because I can't look at the person that I'm talking to. Um, so I try, I've tried a thousand times and I just, my mind wanders. Um, I, I don't know. I have like seven books that I'm in the middle of reading right now. Um, a good one. Which one are you really liking? For personal growth, Broken Open. That's a really good one. That's, um, helped me through my divorce. Um, for pleasure, I'm in the middle of reading Stephen King, Wizard in Glass, which is like book four, I think, of the Dark Tower series. Uh, it's super science fiction and that sort of thing. So uh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm listening to a um, podcast recently that's pretty interesting because I'm a nerd and since you two are nerds I should stop and mention that we didn't even mention on the last the first podcast Bud and I are both chemists hence the nerdiness and Jen is a biologist so we're just like all nerdy together I think that's why we work so well we're just a bunch of nerds and so I found this little podcast no bells and whistles but super cool it's the science of ultra by a physiologist it's really good I've uh, kind of picked and chosen which episodes to listen to and have actually I've changed my training plan uh, based on some of the things I've learned from that podcast so that's a neat one um, and I too am listening to Stephen King when I run I'm listening to the that's Institute right. and I love it it's good it's really good I'm about to be finished with that nice yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay, so uh, I'm going to segue now, and Bud has heard this story. I don't think Jen has, uh, of our most embarrassing trail moments. Okay, we're going to give people a glimpse. We've, we're three people who have spent a lot of time on the trails together and apart. Mm -hmm. um, Bud, why don't you go first and tell okay. us your most embarrassing trail moment? All right, so this was on the Cumberland Trail. It was probably my longest freestanding run that was not officially an ultra. So I was doing a 30-mile training run on a Saturday with a group of runners, and uh, they were quite fast. So I lagged behind, and maybe I was two or three miles behind them. So whenever the first group of runners ran past some campers, I imagine the campers thought they were in the clear. No one else coming down the trail. Uh -oh, I uh, think we all know what's coming now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so obviously, we, we start our run early in the morning. And, uh, you know, the sun is barely coming up when you're, on, when you're first hitting the trail. So we were about 20 miles in at that point. So it was well past daybreak. And I could smell coffee. So I knew I was approaching a campsite. And when I got to the campsite, there was two 
very uh, non-athletic looking people in the wilderness uh, enjoying each other's company. <laughs> I, oh, completely out in the... Calls, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no tan lines. Uh, they were completely... <laughs> And then they were that pale, that, or yeah, they, they, it was me. Sorry, bud, it was me. No, just oh, kidding. <laughs> when, you, when you first see something, anyone who's ever experienced that, when you first see something, even if you've seen everything before, when you first see something, you don't know what you're looking at, and you don't expect that because you know there's animals in the woods, and yeah. there I was, there was a mass of white flesh, and it was. I was embarrassed. I was less than three or four feet from these people, but I had to pass. I couldn't like turn around and stop. And they just kind of looked at me and were not particularly that bothered. It was just like. Maybe they uh, enjoyed having a little uh, audience, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to do that in the woods, you got to be ready for an audience. I mean, yeah. Probably. You know, it could be a bear coming by, you know? Well, if. Uh, it, it may not have been that embarrassing had I not had my cell phone out, but no, I'm just messing <laughs> But standing behind a bush recording secretly. <laughs> Making a okay, podcast. See, in my opinion, that's not that embarrassing. Maybe for them it's embarrassing, but I don't know. I think you need to work on your stories, bud. Like you need to I walked in on it. Okay. okay. Okay, let's work on it. Jen, do you have one to share that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was sitting here racking my brain because I don't know what questions you're going to ask. So, <laughs> But as Bud was talking, it reminded me of a time that I was in the wilderness on a trail and had stopped to um, relieve myself. And um, it was just one of those moments where timing was off and somebody came on by as I was pulling things up. And I just had to say, you know what? When Mother Nature calls, you got to answer. And he laughed and went on his way. Well, that's good. <laughs> now, see, okay, you two. Both of those, I feel like, are very benign, embarrassing stories. <laughs> we need to work on this, okay? We need to work on this. So, um, okay, okay. I will tell my story. And uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> That's not, that's not one where you filmed me peeing, is it? No, no, no. Yeah, I, this one time, this is not the embarrassing story. One time, Bud and I were running in Chattanooga. I thought he was running off to go climb a boulder. And I was like, oh, I'm going to follow him in the woods <laughs> and get a video of him doing this. It's so epic. Uh, no, he was just going to take a piss. And so here I am standing with yeah. my video. And he's like, what? Lord, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, uh, sorry, Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that creepy person i swear i'm not no okay so did you delete it i deleted it I deleted okay it. thank you after i after after i posted it and someone bought some <laughs> rights to it <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding so picture it last year march 2019 um I was running the Georgia death race. Uh, most people that live in the Southeast or, or beyond know of, of GDR. Okay. Uh, one of the Rumbums races. And I really had no business being there, but I was like, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. I did DNF and we're actually going to talk about DNFs today. Um, that race was a little rough for me. I was having a bad day. You know, sometimes you just uh, had a migraine. Uh, I had some personal stuff going on. 
And it was just a bad, bad race day for me. And for some strange, unknown reason, uh, I decided to try something new on the trail, uh, thinking it would be okay and that I was really smart coming up with the idea. Months before, I had seen women on the internet talk about how um, you could pee standing up in your skirt. <laughs> like, you just kind of part your legs and pull the skirt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I've always run in a skirt. I'm a skirt sports ambassador. Okay, so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, there's uh, we're running ridges. There's not a lot of places for um, coverage. There's not, like, wooded forests or thickets. And there's a lot of people behind and in front of me. Uh, and I really got to pee. And so there's no coverage. I'm just going to go behind this boulder, you know, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, stand and I'm going to pull over my skirt and I'm going to pee. Okay. <laughs> now, I, this is <laughs> Jen's dying. Now, there's people walking through here when you're saying that. This is probably something I should have practiced, um, but I guess I was feeling fearless that day. So I, I go, you know, just partly behind the boulder because I think I'm being so smart and like no one's going to know what I'm doing. And I, I maneuver my skirt where I think that I can do this. And lo and behold, um, yeah, I pissed myself. <laughs> like I totally soaked everything below my waist. Um like once it started going, there was no, there was no like stream coming and hitting the ground. I just basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know, um, okay, it didn't work. Like not at all, not halfway, didn't even halfway work. And so, uh, I had to run in a skirt that was soaked in piss. And uh, <laughs> I was already having a bad day, and all I could think was I'm going to be running into the next aid station, and everybody's going to be like, oh, I mean, you could tell it was soaking wet, and it wasn't, <laughs> I mean, it, it, we're talking about March, it was cold in the mountains, no way could it be sweat. Um, yeah, so that's, that's it, okay? Oh, there's people, you guys. Yeah, the whole, the whole time. <laughs> Okay, so everyone knows my story. All of America yeah. and the world now knows my story. So I ran the Georgia Death and I peed in my pants like a three-year-old. And yeah, I just had to go with it. It was uh, it made for an interesting day. And I tell you, when I missed the first cutoff by like mere minutes, I was okay with it because I just wanted to change my pants. Okay, <laughs> so that's my hey, Lauren. Hey, Speaking of that, that just reminded me of the stump jump. And do you remember when we were, we had crossed Suck Creek and we were in that like stretch that is only a couple of miles, but it feels like oh, it feels awesome. yes, yes. We get to Indian Rock House. Yes, and so I know exactly. We were, we were ho I was hobbling because of my foot, I think, and you were hobbling because of your hip. Yeah. And we were, and then we got to that one spot where the guy was like, you got four minutes yeah. and half mile and we were I like oh my this. god yes. <laughs> I think we're the, we were like the last people to make it through before they shut it down oh of course yes that would be me <laughs> yeah. always chasing cutoffs oh. baby <laughs> so I shouldn't stop right there that's how Jen and I met years ago we were both training for stump jump this was like 2017 maybe I don't know. Uh, before that 16? no well Jonathan was because uh it would have been 
2016. It was two, 20, It was 2016, yeah. Yeah, so that's when Jen and I met. We met on a training run that day, and we both were, like, ready to turn around on the training run because we were like, fuck this. And uh, <laughs> we were like, hey, let's just hike it out together. And that's yeah. how we met, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then we get, like, I thought I was cruising that first time I ran Stump Jump. I thought I was doing great. And then the dude's like, you've got 30 seconds to get, you know. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Stump Jump. And then I said I'd never run it again, and I did, and I don't know why. So y'all don't let me do it again, ever again, okay? I'm good on that. (laughs) Ever again, yeah. Two and done, two and done. Instead of one and done. Yeah. So, okay. So you two, uh, your mission is to work on your most embarrassing stories. I'm going to need some better material from you guys. So get on that. Okay. And so when I I talked about Georgia death race, I mentioned DNF. Uh, You guys know that I like to call myself the DNF queen because I've accumulated quite a impressive, I should say a stack of DNFs. I'm not ashamed of it. So, bud, tell us your take on DNFs. I don't I don't like it when that happens to me. <laughs> so for those who are not like in the running world who may be listening, DNF means did not finish. So usually it's you miss a cutoff time, you have to get to a certain aid station by a certain time. Uh yeah. or something happens on trail and you can't finish the race. I, I think for me, the failure has not been a time cutoff. I've pushed out. And that's the only way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I've reached points in races where I've decided it hurts too bad. I'm a wimp. I'm done. Yeah. And so I honestly can't think of one where I, where I missed the cutoff. Yeah. Now, so I've had a mix of missed the cutoff, uh, gotten lost, and gotten hypothermia. Uh, I would say that's my good mix. I don't think I've ever DNA, DNF'd a race uh, the closest I can think where I was just like, I'm done, was the Chattanooga 100. Bud was my pacer. It was like 5 a.m., mile 60-something, and we were I was cold and soaked. And I think technically, if I had pushed on, maybe I could have made the cutoff. Maybe not. Um, but I was done. I was, I was hypothermic. I was done. And I was just, I wanted to be done no matter what. Well, uh, let's... Other than that, you know. So when you do an event either uh, an ultra marathon or uh, an Ironman level event, there are things that are beyond your control. And Mm -hmm. so you can, you can do all the training you want leading up to a year before the race. You can be in the top physical condition that you can be in and things that happen during the race that are out of your control. um, I want to say that weather is probably worth 50% of what it takes to do a race. And so you've got the weather that's not, that's totally out of your control. And 50% of your race is based upon the weather. And you've got probably 10 or 20% of the race is based upon other people. And so in an Ironman triathlon, you've got traffic, mechanical problems, other racers that are in your way. In an ultra marathon, you've got aid stations, you've got people who are supposed to be crewing you. And so you have things that are totally outside of your control. Maybe you have a good influence from an aid station. Maybe you have a bad influence from people and it, it sways your race. And sometimes if, if someone takes care of you really, really well, 
they patch your spirits up and your body up and you, you keep your nutrition going and you can stay in the race and your head stays in there. So I, I really think that when it comes to an ultra marathon or an Ironman level event, I think that your training and your preparation is only a small part of that equation. I think the biggest part is going to be uh, the weather and the other things that happen that are totally outside of your control. And yeah, so I agree. people who train and get disappointed because, oh, it rained on me that day or it was super cold. You know, when I look at the last Chattanooga 100 where, where I paced you, yeah. um, that was miserable. It was ice rain and it was freezing all day long. And the, the trail was completely muddy. So you're slopping through mud and there's standing water all over the trail. Yeah. And so uh, the effort required to go 100 miles, you were exceeding that effort 30 or 40 miles into the race. Absolutely. And so yeah. it, it was like the difference between walking in mud versus walking on the type surface that you can actually, you know, move. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I remember seeing you at the aid station and I was just there for a couple of hours at that, like maybe two hours at the aid mm -hmm. station. I remember just being like, this is miserable and yeah. cold and mm -hmm. sopping it wet. And and, yeah, it was miserable. And it's funny because I look back at that picture where I picked Bud up. It was at midnight and I picked Bud up on top of Lookout Mountain at Covenant. And like Jim took our picture. And I mean, I look like a miserable <laughs> out of my gourd person who just wants to go somewhere warm and lay down. Yeah, I totally, it was, it was miserable. Yeah, it was. But I agree. I think that there's just so much out of your control that, you know, you can train as much as you can, but you just never know what's coming. I agree. I agree. So do you, okay, so bud, when you get DNFs now, do you, yeah. do you beat yourself up about them? No. Okay. Absolutely. I not. know you probably didn't, but our listeners don't know. I think we have the same philosophy. Okay. I mean, yeah, you, you know, know yeah, I know that. But I think I see a lot of people always posting and beating themselves up about DNFs. And I'm like, man, come look at my long list of DNFs. I mean, it's just part of it. Like, that, that's just, it happens, you know? So, so uh, DNFs, I had a uh, Galveston half Ironman DNF. And I had a uh, Lookout Mountain 50 DNF. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I don't, maybe that's it. Yeah, I was trying to think. As I, far as important stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got so a. Jim, what uh, about you? My very first DNF was actually a swim race um, two years ago. So. Oh, tell her about the conditions on that. They oh, told yeah, me. That's the crazy that. one, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was the river rat race. It's supposed to be a four mile downriver um, downstream. Swim. Yeah, yeah, downstream swim. Um, and I trained really hard for it. Um, and I think that was, I think that would like, I mean, I like my training procedure is typically just a half asset enough that I can finish. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really, I worked really hard for this race because it was going to be my first like, um, swim race. So I swam, I swim with triathlon, but this was like my first full, like just swimming race. And it, it was four miles. About, it was in Chattanooga on the river, right? On the like, river. This is not a yeah. pool. This is a river. Yeah. The river, yeah. And, um, apparently me and anything that involves swimming in the Tennessee river, um, the weather is just always like F you on. 
Um, and so um, we had flooding and it was flooding that was enough that they had to cancel the race. Well, they didn't cancel the race, um, but they moved it. So it was supposed to be four miles downstream on the river and they moved it to Chester Frost Park, which is the lake. Um, it is part of a whole series of swims. So that's like high school competition, open water swimming. And then, and then the river rat, like the adult race happens later in the day. Gotcha. So the race was supposed to start at like 2.15 and it, they put us in the water and then there were still people out swimming. And so they pulled us back out of the water. So oh, wow. it was like 2.45 before we started mm -hmm. the race. Um, instead of being four miles downstream, it was, they shortened it to three miles, but it was um, a loop that you swam in the um, cove. Uh -huh. And it was also the first day in two weeks that there was sunshine. So mm -hmm. by the time we got out there swimming, everybody and their mama was on the lake on their boats uh, and when you were on the outside of the loop it was just like swimming in a roaring ocean like the waves were just flat you come up for a breath and you just get slapped right. in the face with a wave and so now she's swimming against current yes and she's swimming in basically a giant square yes and it's not with current and <clears throat> you know if, if I'm not mistaken, a person can only swim like maybe a, a mile and a half an hour, right? And the current's like 0.75 miles an hour normally in the river. So you're able to go 50% faster with mm -hmm. the current. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now that she's swimming in a square and they haven't adjusted the, the time cutoffs, you're pretty much swimming against current for a little bit of that. Wow. And it's it impossible. Was, the current, I mean, it wasn't even like against, it was just like currents going everywhere yeah. and waves smacking you in the face. So I would be like scared to death. <laughs> then they had Boy Scouts who were like volunteering on the outside of the loop and the Boy Scouts were having trouble, trouble like controlling their canoe. And so I came up for a breath one time and there were two canoes that almost squashed me in the middle of them. I had to like mm. tread water and yell at them to get out of my way. So I ended up being the um, second person that they cut because they said that I didn't have enough time to do my third lap. So a lap was a mile. So I did two out of the three miles. And um, I still have this picture because my parents were there. They always come to my stuff if they can. Yeah. And I have this, this picture of, of me. I got out of the water. And I think they thought that I had finished the race. And I was like, no, they uh -huh. cut me. And I'm just yeah. like, you can just... I just keep that picture as like a reminder of, you know, like that's what disappointment looks like, but it was okay <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it happens, mm -hmm. but it was just like, that was big for me. That was my very first DNF and I had worked really hard for it. So it was like extra disappointing, but yeah. it is yeah. what it is, you know? It is. And I mean, you know, it's like anything in life, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to not finish things. Um, I think for myself, because I tend to just jump into things uh, that are, way over my head I just expect to have like a high level of DNF so maybe I should reel that in and I think I have in, in past years um yeah so I just DNFs don't bother me I know they can be disappointing um interesting yeah so I like y'all's take so one reason I have a little kid over here who's like trying to sneak in so that's why I'm, I'm like hmm uh, so one reason I'm so glad that the three of us can talk is because uh, we're going to talk about triathlons. Now, I I am not like what I would say a triathlete. I have done little Mickey Mouse uh, triathlons, <laughs> as I would say, and I'll talk about my little story. But you two are Ironman athletes, right? 
And um, do you have plans for the future to do more triathlons? Like, uh, someday? Yeah, I'm going to do some little ones. I don't know that I'm I'm ready to do another Ironman or a full Ironman. Uh, basically, for me, I think if if someone wanted to train up for an Ironman, I would probably do it with them. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd, I'd train up if they wanted my help. Is that a hint? Yeah, yeah, if you re- do that again. So that's, that's bought the buddy, Jen, yes. So, Jen, now how, do you think, do you see yourself doing more triathlons in the future, or you just want to shift gears? Um, no, I do. I love it. Um, and I I don't know. My, I, I'm gun shy right now because I ate the registration for two half Ironmans last oh, year. That's expensive. Yeah, it is. Um, one for one for injury and just one because I didn't train because of divorce stuff. So I'm just I'm really gun shy on like signing up for anything this year just because um, just because of that. That I, that was they're not they're not cheap. Um, but I do love, I love triathlon and we've talked about actually, there's mm-hmm. a, a Fall Creek Falls one. That was my mm-hmm. first Olympic distance yeah. one that's nice. That's around Bud's yeah. birthday. So we've talked about doing that, but yep. I need, I still I'm need sure you on, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you guys on, <laughs> but they have an endurance, um, distance one that's close to a half Ironman. Wow. Okay. Let's yeah. do the short one. So, but Iron Man's a big deal. So, Bud, tell us, like, what are, for those who aren't familiar with Iron Man, tell us what the distances are that you have to swim. So, a full Iron Man is 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and no. Unless, yes, unless you're in correct. Chattanooga. Yeah. And in Chattanooga, it's 116. What, 116. Which is where you guys are, Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got a full marathon, 26.2 mm-hmm. at the end. Right. And so this is a serious endurance event for those who don't, <laughs> who, who just hear triathlon and yeah. don't really know much about it. For a person like me, it takes every bit of 15 and a half hours to do that. And uh, even though the Chattanooga race is a little bit longer in distance, they give you like half an hour less time to do it. So normally you get 17 hours in Chattanooga, you get 16 and a half. Okay. And I think in Chattanooga, because they figure the river current is helping you then. Um, but I, I think the only reason the, the bike course is a little bit long is because the routing through the city, um, you got like two or three miles. You have to go out to the, a big loop that you do twice. Then you come back to the city. So uh, there's really nothing else convenient. They could have routed it. Yeah. So, but it's Chattanooga's great. Um, it's an excellent venue. Anyone who wants to do an Ironman, I suggest Chattanooga and and do the Chattanooga half and then do the Chattanooga full. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wonderful. And our city loves to have the athletes um, do not train on the bike course. You cannot ride your bike on that course. If you it's run not. over, right? <laughs> and so there, there are some training rides that people host and you have maybe um, – you know, 20 bikers go and do it. If you're in a group on a Sunday, you're probably okay. But yeah. there's people that are like, I'm going to go out to Chattanooga. I'm going to take Friday off and do it. I'm going to ride it at 7 a.m. I'm like, dude, that's rush hour. Y'all are going to get mm-hmm. killed. Yeah, you right. cannot. Over. So it's it's not that the drivers are aggressive. It's that the roads are blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have so many hills and corners. The cars cannot see what's around the bend. And there are no shoulders on a lot on a lot of those roads. And so uh, there's no escape route. Mm-hmm. 
Except the ditch. Yeah, the ditch. Except the ditch. Okay. So now, Jen, you said, because Fall Creek Falls was your first triathlon that you ever did. Was this before or after the ultra, the 50K stump jump, which was your first ultra trail run? So Fall Creek Falls was my first ever triathlon. It was my first ever Olympic distance. Uh, so first I, ever Olympic I this, distance. Yeah. I did the sports barn sprint uh, before that. I don't know, maybe like mm-hmm. two or three years before. Um, yeah. So Fall Creek Fall. Uh, so it was before because um, what happened was when we were training for the stump jump is where I met you and also where I met Bud. Yeah. And Bud and I talked about the my about me doing the Fall Creek Falls Olympic triathlon. I'd already done it. And that's when he convinced me to do the half Ironman. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, it didn't take a lot of arm twisting. <laughs> <laughs> she had aspirations. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, hell yeah, you can do it. <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah. I did it. I did a, a full Ironman before I even knew how to swim. You can yeah, attest to that, amazing. right? And so, <laughs> and it, yeah, in fact, Jen's a very good swimmer. We should point out that Jen is a very good swimmer. Right. So we started training and swimming and stuff. And I'm like, I, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, uh, I can, I can ride that far on my bike. I can, I can run almost mm-hmm. that distance. So I was like, hell, I can swim. Anyone can swim. And right. so yeah, yeah. the first, yeah, I went through <laughs> like a year of doing half Ironmans and Ironmans before I even thought to train to swim. I wasn't yeah. even training. I was just like jumping in and going. Yeah. And a lot of people like that. And it wasn't until I started practicing my swimming mm-hmm. that I actually became a better swimmer, but I actually possibly thought about it more and, and I, I was not any faster, but I was more comfortable in the water. Yeah. Like know. more efficient at energy yeah. safety, maybe so tell me okay so i am a non-triathlon person i'll talk about my very very small limited triathlon experience so what is it about triathlons that you love because jen had mentioned like she just loves oh, it man, man. obviously bud loves it what is it y'all can take turns what is it that you love so much that draws you to it well you saw our picture but- Oh yeah. So the pictures and you'll see you see in the podcast. The pictures I love the incredibly sexy. Incredibly sexy. I mean, yeah, it makes you hot, right? I mean you look yes. all muscular and thin yes. and hot. But what is it? Because here here's my take on it. I enjoy mountain biking, uh, because it's on the trails and like there's no people and there's no cars and I can just be alone. Uh, swimming, you know, the only swimming I'd ever really done was I'm a scuba diver and I'd have to swim back to the boat, you know, and then as a kid, I would swim during the summer. That's the, you know, extent of my swimming skills. Um, so for me to think about swimming two and a half miles and biking a hundred miles plus is like crazy. So what is it that you love about it? Well, I think we like, uh, just a little bit or no i don't know <laughs> i mean it, it bragging rights is nice bragging rights. <laughs> bud has the tattoo on the back of his calf the Iron Man. yeah he's got a super sexy uh bling bling tattoo <laughs> um i think it's a it's a pretty good spectator sport and i think some of the the trail marathons are you you can see people at places on the trail but it's not really a spectator sport because right. you're going to have uh, 20, 30 people watching you finish and that not all of them are your people. And I think at the 
the Ironman event, you've got 3,000 to 4,000 athletes. Wow. And so you've got 20 to 30,000 spectators just crowding that place. Yeah. And there's mechanicals from the bicycle that are like technical. Um, so you've got kind of the nerd place where aerodynamics and, you know, efficiency comes into play mm -hmm. because you're not just like hauling ass on the bike, giving it your all you're deciding what kind of effort mm -hmm. can I put out and survive six hours from now? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a minimum six to seven hour bike ride. And, and after that, you need to be able to do a marathon. Mm -hmm. And so right. that, that marathon is going to be a marathon shuffle. It's going to be, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be running half a mile to a quarter mile and walking a half mile to a quarter mile. And yeah. then you're going to run again. And mm -hmm. so you're alternating run, walk and the best you can time management. When you get off the bike, you're going to look at the clock and say, I have eight hours to finish a, a marathon distance. Yeah. How can and I you say, I, I can do that in five and a half hours or something. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, sprint walk, and then you're going to run walk and you're going to do whatever you can to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to note that that's after you've already put 120 miles in yeah. in swimming and biking together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, your body is like shot, so you really are just scuffling trying to like make the best time out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, um, I have never ever in my life been fast, and so I've always found it a lot easier. Like I've never been able to say, "Oh, I'm going to push myself to go faster," but it's I've always been able to say. I can push myself to go farther. Uh -huh. And so um, I think that's part of it. And then I also just really love swimming. I love running, but mm -hmm. I also really love swimming and biking. So it's nice. it's just like three things that mm -hmm. I really love that I get to do together. Yeah. And then I do, I do like the challenge of like, you can't just go out like you're riding a century because you do have a marathon to run after it. So mm -hmm. there there's... I, there's a challenge in that piece as well as you can't just go all out because there's some planning involved in, in conserving mm -hmm. energy for later on. Mm -hmm. so, so it really yeah. is like, you have to have a strategy. Obviously you've practiced things, but you really do race day. It's, it is a strategy. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's such an endurance event. Like we think of ultra running as, as major endurance events, but this even more so. And so I'm, I'm kind of like you, Jen, like I am not fast at all, but I feel like I can go forever. Maybe not in a triathlon so much, but yeah, it's the same kind of kind of thing. So okay, okay. So if people want to get into a triathlon uh, or try it, what is their best bet? Somebody who maybe kind of runs, maybe bikes for fun, maybe is not a strong swimmer. Where should they start? Well, um, we like to swim at the YMCA, and it's got an indoor pool. I love that place. They have something they do several times a year called Why Not Try. Okay. And I've never done it, but it's like 20 bucks or 25 bucks. And um, what they do is you don't have to be a member to do it, but uh, maybe from their website, you can find out when it is. But yeah. they basically do an indoor sprint. And so people who, um, who want to do a triathlon, they can do it all there at the YMCA, swimming okay. laps in the pool. Yeah. And then. Uh, cycling on the stationary bikes or in the uh, spin class okay. and then they, they do the mm -hmm. the run on the treadmill okay and, that's perfect yeah, yeah. and like so a controlled environment a little bit yeah. less stress yeah 
little bit easier than doing a sprint triathlon, which will all be outside and possibly okay. be open water. Yeah. Yeah. So that just reminded me that actually I said earlier, the YMCA, the Y, um, sprint triathlon was my first one, but it wasn't my very first ever triathlon was the Cedars 11 on, which is oh. up in that, in the park, like yeah, up, up close to me. Yeah. 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 And the reason I chose it is because it had a pool swim. So at that yeah. time I was still swimming breaststroke gotcha. and I was so concerned about kicking somebody in the face. Uh-huh. Um, I was not, I, I could, I have always been a really strong swimmer, um, in breaststroke, but I like, I could swim a mile in breaststroke, but I could swim like two laps in freestyle. So I had wow. to teach myself how to swim freestyle. And now it's like second nature to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But so I chose that triathlon specifically because it had the pool swim and that's what I was, that's what I was the most scared of. Yeah. And so it's really short. I think it was like 300 yards. It was like, basically they had the lines out and you self put, you put yourself in line according to what you thought your time was going to be. And you just swim a lap, you just swim a pool link, go under the rope, swim back. And you yeah. do that six times and that's the swim. So yeah. that was a really good starter one for me. Gotcha. Okay, so can I tell y'all a story and you not judge me? <laughs> okay, so I'll talk a little bit about my... Um, I never judge you. <laughs> I will laugh. You can laugh along with me. So, um, 2000, probably it was 2012, I had, I'd had a baby and I was getting back into shape, running, uh, trail running. This was before I did my first ultra. I was like, I'm going to do a triathlon. Now, why in the world I thought someone who really cannot swim that well and just occasionally rides a bike, could just jump into it. So up where I live, there was a, um, I think it's called, it's in Ashland City. It's the Bluffs of the Harpeth or something triathlon. And they had a sprint triathlon. So I'm thinking, oh, it's easy. It's a three-mile run. And the bike ride's like maybe 15 miles. How hard is that, right? And then you have to swim in the river, okay? So I'm thinking, I that can't be that hard, right? Um well, so, you know, I, I went to the pool and practiced swimming and um, I, you know, don't really have a form. I just, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the kid in the pool at the Y who's just splashing around and swimming. So I got it into my head that, you know, I'm just going to try it. So I did it. I did the sprint triathlon on like very little training. I'd never swam in open water except for like maybe in the ocean, like I said, swimming back to the dive boat. Uh, so I just did it. I don't know. I, you know, that's probably why I have so many DNFs. I did not DNF and I wasn't DFL dead fucking last. Um, but I was last out of the water. And so the way this race is set up, you swim across the Cumberland river, I think it is. And you do like a triangle shape, like a V shape and they have Mm. across. It's not, you know, and then swim back. And of course they have all the safety kayakers and, like, I am literally the last swimmer who's, like, floating on my back trying to tread water and <laughs> catch my breath. And the kayakers are like, ma'am, are you okay? You know, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Don't don't pull me. Um, yeah, I know that one. Me too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, and I, I literally was the last person out of the water. No shame. Uh, but I beat people on the bike in the run, and I finished it. Um, and it made me have new respect for triathletes because I was like, wow, I, I should not have done that race. Because <laughs> yeah. I was totally unprepared. But it was good. It was an eye-opening experience. It was an easy bike ride and an easy run. It was the sprint. Lauren, it's funny you say that because I, I must have like this, the worst 
look on my face when I come up out of the water because I feel like every time I come up to sight and, you know, make sure I'm on the right path, some kayaker is right there like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm right, I'm, I'm good. I don't but know. Yeah, that look of panic maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I feel, I feel comfortable in the water. I wasn't panicked, but I certainly was so slow and so sucky that I'm sure they thought like I was about to drown. Um, but it, it wasn't, it, it probably wasn't even be considered a hard swim. I just was totally unprepared. Um, but yeah, I got asked many times by the kayaker, like, are you okay? <laughs> uh, so that was a good learning experience. I've done some little sprint tries with friends, um, you mm -hmm. know, since then. Kind of like the pool swim, like you were saying, I just did one. Uh, so um, I showed up to this, it was in Columbia, Tennessee. It goes with the goat festival. They have some big goat festival. If you're in Tennessee, I highly recommend it. It's kind of a neat little thing. Um, but they do this triathlon at a YMCA. It's like a, or some uh -huh. kind of center. Yeah. And you swim in the pool, then you do a bike ride, and then you run the little golf course. Super mm -hmm. easy. Um, you know, and so I showed up to this triathlon with a mountain bike, because that's all I own, uh, even though it's road. And I could not find my bike helmet. And admittedly, I might not even own one. Uh, so I got my white water kayaking helmet because my husband's a white. Yeah. And so I, I brought that and I don't ha own road shoes. Okay. I, I admit it. I, I try not to run roads. So I just wore my Solomon speed clocks. Okay. <laughs> and so I show up to this triathlon with all my outdoor gear looking like a fool. Uh, but I did it and it was fun. You know, it was good, fun. Good. So yeah. So uh, if you're looking to do a triathlon, you know, I think you should just, try one like jen was saying and bud uh that the why that's a great start or somebody that has kind of a small indoor swimming uh, and don't worry about if you look a fool because i promise you i always look the fool at these triathlons i do but it's so much fun yeah so hey, Laura, that's my extent everybody looks like a fool in a tri-suit <laughs> okay nobody well, nobody looks good in a tri-suit well, we'll put some of my pictures up there. It's really nice. Pretty hot, okay. I'm just yeah, y'all can judge for yourselves. Y'all look pretty hot. Y'all look pretty hot. Now we'll say my pictures uh, look good. <laughs> well, and I hate myself in a bathing suit anyways. And the last triathlon I did it was cold and you had to run out in your bathing suit and like get on your bike in the cold and don't I'm take any cold. Yeah, I just look I just did it because my friends twisted my arm to do it and so uh -huh. I you know, I will spectate. I was there at the end, the finish line for the triath uh, the Ironman triathlon when Jen and Bud finished together. And that was oh, fun. Yeah. It was a great spectator thing. Um, that was, that was super fun. Yeah. So that was super fun. So I get that aspect. Um, I will never personally be doing an Ironman, but I will cheer you guys on. Famous <laughs> last words. No, no. This one is true. This one's true. I am a trail girl through and through. Maybe a mountain bike. Maybe I could do a mountain bike race. I don't know. Um, yeah. Okay. So I. So if if people are around Nashville, is that the elevator? <laughs> are people like spying on our podcast recording? Is that what's no, happening right now? Really loud mechanical noises going on here. Oh, not okay. So if you hear some weird noises, right? Well, I'm probably gonna have my kids bust in at any moment. So whatever. Y'all are just gonna have to roll with it. Whoever's all yeah. three of you who listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, uh, another triathlon that's kind of neat 
and other places have these two. I have a son with special needs, and they uh, Vanderbilt University through the medical center did a little try my best triathlon, and it's so fun. The kids get to do adaptive swim, bike run, uh, however they can, and that's a great event for people to volunteer at. Like if you have never done a triathlon and you just want to see how it works, it's really a, a neat experience, and you kind of see the whole thing. And it's it's different, obviously, than a a triathlon you might sign up to do yourself but it's really a neat experience and so we've done that one a couple of times and I know there's lots of people who probably do triathlons in real life uh, that come and volunteer and it's always fun so I think if you look you'll find all kinds of neat events um, that you can try or at least volunteer at or do something like that you know Lauren I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even consider um, when I first started training for you know half Ironman and stuff I, I hooked up with a triathlon group and I trained with them for a little bit and then uh, decided I wanted to just train by myself. They were a little uh -huh. bit more competitive than what I wanted to be. Uh -huh. But yeah. the number one thing that I would see with this group, um, people who were training with them would volunteer at the races. Oh, okay. So you're pretty much, um, when you're a newbie and you, you have no idea what's going on, you need to kind of see how it works. And so while you're building your endurance and you're building your courage, uh, you can help other people on your team compete yeah. in their races. And then uh, the mis the mystique of it all, you know, you've kind of figured it out and there's mm -hmm. no more mystery. Yeah. And so now, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do the next one. And so uh, I really think volunteering is a really important mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the races all have. Uh, you know, one of the things about the Ironman races that I really, really like, they have like uh, one volunteer for every two athletes. Is that right? Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. The ratio wow. of volunteers, there's at least two to 3,000 volunteers at the race. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Because I know, and you know, even in trail events, they have a hard time, some races, finding the volunteer like manpower. Um, yep. so that is, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, in the, in the Ironman triathlons, they have a lot of local high schools and local uh, community. Yeah. So it'll be either youth groups or churches or, uh, uh, schools, they will volunteer and they'll come out there and, and sports teams will do it. Uh -huh. And so they have plenty of people cause you're passing through these little communities and every little church you come by or every little school you come by. It's like those teachers and students are out there hanging out, you know, on a Sunday, passing out Gatorades and stuff. So that's always fun. So let me ask you one thing. If there's someone who's listening who's like, I kind of want to try a triathlon, but I'm a little concerned. Do they need a top of the line bike or how, no, like, no. what if they're on a budget and they want to do a no. triathlon and they're intimidated that they've got to go out and get a special bike, a special shoes, no. what? No. So how's that work? So I nope. think you, uh, if you hook up with a triathlon club, chances are you can borrow a bike if you wanted a fancy uh, one. Okay. But any any bicycle will work for a, uh, you know, you could you could buy a pretty decent one for a couple hundred bucks on Craigslist used. Yeah. Okay. Um, I what what I did and what a few people I know did, um, we bought used bikes directly after an Ironman event. So uh, okay. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus but there happened to be uh, a tremendous amount of executive type people they had a lot of money they bought 
really expensive bikes. Mm. They, on a whim, sign up for these races. They never train. And the next day, they don't realize that the bike has, like, zero resale value. Yeah. And so, yeah. brand new, these things are five to $10,000 used. They're 1200 bucks cash. Wow. So you can get a good deal is what you're saying. You can get a yeah, really good deal. <laughs> don't buy a new bike. Do not finance it. Don't think you have to buy stuff to get started. Yeah. When, like you said, when you do a sprint, do you use a mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's what I do. You know, I don't go quite as fast, but it's the bike I'm used to. And so I just. And, you know, there's a fad. Uh, people in Ironman are trying to find stuff to do. And so there's people that ride mountain bikes on purpose. And there's people so that ride it harder, right? See, I'm ahead of the trend. Look at me. They, they, they do it to be funny. And yeah. so these guys, they have fancy triathlon bikes right. and they'll take a, a mountain bike and they'll ride it in an event just to set a record, just wow. to brag to people. I, I did it on a fat bike right. and they have right. wide tires, yeah. you know, How funny. and they're doing it on purpose. Okay. So, okay. I'm just cool. And I don't even know it then. Okay. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Lauren, I did my uh, I did my first half Ironman on a ten year old thousand um, dollar Fuji Finest, and I just put aero bars on it. Actually, that Bud got for me, and it worked great for that whole ride. And I had planned on doing that for my full Ironman, um, and then two weeks beforehand, two weeks before the race. I just had a bike that was locally for sale from mm-hmm. um, somebody who had taken really good care of it and loved it. And I ended up with a 2012 Quintana Roo Dolce that I got for like 600 bucks cash. And it's my like most favorite bike ever. She's beautiful. Fast. She is. Yes, yeah. she's carbon. Um, oh. But I got her for 600 bucks because she was used and mm-hmm. um, very well loved. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Don't don't go spend thousands of dollars on a brand new bike because you're going to you, you'll there's a lot out there for mm-hmm. sale that are. We could even borrow for your first one. Make sure you like doing triathlons. Yeah. Borrow. Yeah, totally. Totally. OK, yeah. one more question on triathlons I have for you guys. Do you feel that being a triathlete and having done the training you've done makes you better? and endurance like on the trail overall do you feel like it helps or does it separate uh i feel like swimming really helps my breathing when i trail run and so uh while my running has kind of slacked off lately i've still maintained swimming and so i feel like that really helps with your breathing because when you're swimming not that i'm stalking his strava or anything uh but yeah i'd I'd agree that you're slacking off bud i'm slacking (laughs) off yeah but for me um when i did my first iron man i had already decided that summer that trail running was the only training i was doing i was i was not putting my bike on the road it's too dangerous Mm -hmm. i wasn't i wasn't riding in a group and so when i got to the iron man i felt like i was trail running on the bike and Mm -hmm. so we we spent that whole summer training on the stump jump course Oh, yeah, I remember it. When I hit the Ironman course on the bike, the hills were nothing, okay. you know, and I don't ride my bike the way most people do. Uh-uh. I, I ride my triathlon like, bike. <laughs> you know, it kills me on the hills. I'm well, like, what the hell are you doing? Well, well, I haven't spaced a gear. Yeah. Just powering through and standing oh, up. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, hey, you're like, hey. my lightest gear breathing like yeah. crazy. I leave it in a big gear. 
and I and I stand up a lot, and so I feel like I'm trail running, and so the hills aren't that drastic, and so I'll pull a hill. You're only like 20 seconds of effort to get over a hill. It's not like you're pulling, you know, for five miles going uphill, and okay. so I just feel like that little burst of energy. Then you're over the hill, you can rest a minute, but yeah. I probably ride my triathlon bike the way most people ride a BMX bike. Mm -hmm. It's not correct. It's not correct, (laughs) but it works for you. So that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so for you, bud, it's almost like, um, trail running, ultra running helps you better on the Ironman course. You would say like, it's better. Yes. I think, I think trail running is a lot harder. Okay. Okay. The pain. I think and so yeah getting get yeah I don't like the pain (laughs) well I think the difference is if you're doing if you're doing like half Ironman full Ironman or endurance distance triathlon right um versus endurance distance trail running the difference is in triathlon you get to switch it up so you're doing the miles but you're you get to give muscle groups a break right yeah yeah so i'm thinking that way it's a little bit easier because you're still doing the mileage but you're doing it in different ways yeah your body's getting a break in some parts yes absolutely yeah yeah and you're you're also if you we can talk about this later but the different places where you chafe when you're running and stuff (laughs) um, yeah you you chafe the bicycle the same way yeah yeah. Chafing on the bicycle is something that's new to a lot of people. Oh, so, okay. So to keep in mind those who are thinking about getting on a bike and, and doing some training. Okay. Can I just tell a quick story along yes, the line please. of chafing? Yes, I'm dying. So, this was on the full, the full Ironman. I don't know. I was maybe like 50 miles in and... I was having some heat in some places that I had forgotten to lube up. And so I pulled off at a aid station at an aid station. And there were these two, the sweetest little like 11 year old girls that came up and they're like, what can we do for you? And I said, I need some Vaseline. So they got (laughs) a brand new tube of Vaseline out. And I was just, I was at that point, I was like, I don't even care. And I just like, gobbed a handful of it and just pulled my bike pants out and just shoved it down in there the look on their face was like oh my god i was like i'm sorry you had to see that and i just got back on my bike and left <laughs> i mean at that point yeah there's no modesty you gotta loop up and go i get it i mean i've been there for other types of uh situations i get it yeah i get it oh man Oh, okay. So you two triathletes, um, let's talk about soon the three of us and perhaps with, uh, with Jim jumping in, uh, and some crew, we're going to try to take on Pitchell, but you got to start running more. I know Jen is committed to training. So you two, I'm watching you. (laughs) Um, we just got, we just got a call that I'm, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Okay. We'll wrap it up. So so um, we'll wrap it up, and on the next episode, we'll bring some people in, and we're going to talk about upcoming events and races yep. and things oh. like that. And in the meantime, please work on your most embarrassing trail stories because it's okay. kind of okay. pitiful, okay? Okay, right. guys. Well, it was great to talk triathlons with you because I am not the triathlon person. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up. 
And uh, we'll talk more next time. Okay, guys. All right. Bye. Bye, lady. Okay. Y'all have fun. Okay. Don't don't drink too much. <laughs>